Some women get burned by the fire and some women rise from it. Welcome to the Born to Rise Society podcast with Laura Sanzo, where goddesses come to rise and go from survivor mode to creation mode. Are you ready, goddess? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Born to Rise Society podcast with Laura Sanzo. I'm your host, Laura Sanzo, and I'm so excited to be sitting here with Jennifer Gray. We just had a whole bunch of fun. We almost forgot to record, but we're recording. We're good to go. Um, so Jennifer is a professional certified Christian life coach and counselor and a professional certified life coach and host of Jennifer's Perspective. And we were just talking about this, Jennifer. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here, I've been a, a guest on your podcast as well, which we're going to talk about in a quick second. But I was just about to say to you before we start to record that, you know, women supporting women, women empowerment is something that, you know, we talk about and it's very trendy and, you know, a lot of people talk about it, but you really walk the walk. And, you know, I think you more than any other woman that I know is always showing up, supporting other women, sharing things that they're doing, even if it's like women that are in the same industry as you, you know, just consistently just showing up for other women, which is so incredible. So it was so important for me to have you on here. So thank you for all you do for women. (laughs) You're welcome. Listen, I'm a sister. I'm a mom. I'm somebody's daughter. And I was a wife. (laughs) I'm an ex-wife, but I'm a woman and I understand the challenges that women experience at all ages, phases, and levels in life. And I think the best way to help each other is to support each other and to empower each other to shine brightly because we have a voice and we have something to say and we're smart, we're intelligent. Uh, if we can take care of the house, run the business, take care of the man, uh, why can't we support each other without the now, now? And this is actually a question. Well, this is it. And this is actually a question I was going to ask you later on. So since we're on the topic, let me ask you now: What would you say to women who are intimidated and derailed by other women's successes? They shouldn't be. They should look at another woman's success and say, "Oh my God, this is an example for me to realize that I can do it too." And look at people that are another woman that is successful and look at what it is that they did or how they did it. And then you can do the same thing. Look at them as a mentor or a teacher, because if you look at them, jealousy and cattiness, that's not good. It's not good for business. It doesn't look good like professionally and it doesn't make you feel good. And I think we have to learn to celebrate each other and learn to be happy for each other because I don't know everything. And so I like, I can't sing. I love Beyonce, love Rihanna, and I love Pink and I love Lady Gaga, but I can't do what they do, but I can appreciate them and celebrate them. Why? Because they're shining brightly and this is my theme. I want every woman and girl to shine. When I say shine, shine. Be the diva. Be the queen. Just be fabulous and be you. Love that. I just love your energy. So this podcast is really about women who have, you know, overcome adversity to really rise into their purpose. So can you give us a little, just a little glimpse into what your journey was like? Just a little glimpse. Um, I can tell you. But, you know, how did you land into coaching? Like, what was the was before? 
Well, basically what it, what it was is for most of the people who don't know my story or my journey is that I ended up getting divorced at the age of 38. And by then I had to overcome I was a victim of uh, rape, domestic violence, physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual, sexual abuse, mental abuse, growing up in that environment. Then I married into that environment and I was addicted to crack cocaine for 25 years. By me and my ex-husband, we were both addicts and we both were in the church and eventually the marriage fell apart and my sister calls me and she says, Jennifer, I need you to come and help me with the children. And when I went to help her with the kids, I realized that other people were actually living a healthy life and they had houses, they had cars, they had spouses and people who cared for them and that it was possible and they were educated, but I was illiterate and I had to take GD classes, sign up for phlebotomy classes. My ex-husband divorced me because I didn't want to go back into that lifestyle. And I had to learn to read and do basic arithmetic because I was a product of my environment and I was an adult who was illiterate. And that was when my healing journey started. I've been clean for 17 years. I got a Got a chance to see my nieces and my nephews grow up. I got a chance to be reunited and connected with my family. And I ended up having a wonderful career uh, as a phlebotomist for 15 years, worked in uh, every area of phlebotomy. And as I help my patients heal and my coworkers and my bosses, they would come to me with all kinds of stuff. And as I was helping them, I was being healed and they were like, Jennifer, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm a phlebotomist. This is my job. They was like, no, that's not your job. You are helping so many people and you should become a life coach. And I'm like, what's that? I didn't know what that was. And when I started to look into it, I started taking classes again. And this is how I ended up. I've written three books. My Journey to Healing, Business Success for Coaches and Counselors. I own my own company and my podcast is now in 44 states, 22 countries, Canada, the Caribbean, and it's on 17 continents and it's growing and I'm meeting so many people, so many amazing, awesome, beautiful people, men and women that I am learning from and that I'm helping along the way. You just mentioned about Jennifer's perspective. Again, I was going to talk to you about this later, but since you brought it up, so you just had a huge milestone earlier this month, 100 episodes. So congratulations. That's yes. huge. Thank um, you. Why was it important for you to start that? And what are some of the things that you learned from that? Girl, when I started, when I got my diploma, I didn't know anything. All I got was the certification <laughs> saying, hey, you're a life coach. And when I looked into it, I didn't. I didn't know how to start a business, like to do the business end of coaching. I can do the emotional stuff and I can sit and I can listen. I can do the coaching part, but I didn't know how to do the business part. And as everything I needed, if I needed technical information, I would write a post and post it on my Facebook page and I would meet people 
that was in the coaching industry for years and they would give me lessons and I didn't have any tax information. So I put a post up for them to be a guest on my show for CPAs and uh, the CPAs showed up and I needed like coaching advice because I understood from school was that I should always have a coach. And so I needed a business coach and I put that up and I invited business coaches onto my show. And then I eventually, eventually ended up getting my own business coach. So now I have what, three coaches, (laughs) three coaches for the coach. And I started the podcast. And then in December, Around the holidays, I started it in October and around the holidays, I know that people get depressed and I was just talking, trying to encourage people and something says, start inviting people just so that they can share their story, their journey and information and give people encouragement for the 12 days of Christmas. So for those 12 days of Christmas, I had a guest on the show every single day, but 12 days I broadcasted live and they was just started coming. They just started coming and they started sharing their stories, their journeys and their experiences. And ever since then, instead of podcasting one day a week, sometimes I'd have three guests in one day and five, six, seven guests in a week. And it just kept growing and growing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I got so much information I've met some of the most amazing people, fantastic ladies, some fantastic gentlemen. And now I have a network that is actually global. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? <laughs> because they're from Australia to, to Africa, to the Philippines, to Ireland, to England, South America, And I'm picking up several different countries and states. And I'm like, wow, because I think people are amazing. And I think this is a way to also connect people with other people because they may need something that I don't have, or I may need something that someone else has. And how can I do that? They'll listen to the show and then they can connect with my guests after the show. And they can sign up and coach with me or they can get my book. But I find that that this way is a good way to connect with people. And when God was telling me, do a podcast and be on the Internet, I didn't have no idea what to talk about or what to say. And then when the pandemic hit, I just started teaching classes to bring people encouragement to get over the fear and the anxiety And then when the George Floyd incident, people was coming on and people was just sharing their experiences and people who were infected by COVID-19, they just started talking. And I think, yeah, I think especially during COVID, I think that's what really was people's savior for a lot of people. It's just that connection. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was international connections because that's all we were left for for Mm -hmm. a period of time was just like people that we met through technology and so what an amazing platform. So you hadn't mentioned God. So I just want to stay there for a second. You know, it's no secret. Most of the world is, you know, in their second wave of, of COVID. So why do you think now it's more important now than ever for people to really lean into their faith, whatever, you know, God? I say, why is it now? I think this pandemic happened for many reasons. 
because if you look at the beginning of the pandemic, when they shut down the country and shut down everything, people got a chance to reconnect with their families. People got a chance to find out what was important, their families, their children, their uh, themselves. And to just to be still, because the way things was going, society, we shuffle the kids to soccer, we shuffle the kids to football, to basketball, to dance classes, but families weren't sitting down having dinner with each other. Families weren't doing things as a family. And, you know, people, they were like two shifts in a night like this. <laughs> and when the pandemic hit, people got a chance to just rest. Like literally just rest and spend that one-on-one time. God is with inside of each and every single human being. You don't have to go to a church. You don't have to go to a temple or a mosque or anything like that. God wants to have time with you individually, with me individually, or with that person individually. And I think the pandemic got a chance for us to reconnect with our creator and the creator of all things. And I think that he hears us, but did we, were we listening to him in all of the busyness? He hears us all the time, but do we hear him with all the traffic noises, the the music, the radio, the this, the that? Sometimes God just wants us to be still and spend time with him and just talk to him and learn to be grateful. And then that's what we realized. Oh my God, we didn't, we started taking each other for granted, human beings. And I'm saying, oh my God, is humanity going to make it Mm -hmm. with the violence, with the racism, with the discrimination, with the negativity And we're created in his image. And if you look at a plant, a flower, each species, each nationality, they're all beautiful in their own way. And God is a God of diversity. And we have a tendency to put God in a box. And God says, take me out of the box and take the chains off of your brain and the way that you think and look. Look around you, look at the universe, look at the earth, look at the planet, look at the people, look at the diversity in food. And I had to realize that, oh my God, like I needed that rest. A lot of us actually needed the rest. And a lot of us look better now after the pandemic than we did when we went into the pandemic, because now we have a chance to just breathe. Mm-hmm. You talked about gratitude. I wanted to ask you actually about gratitude because you talk a lot about gratitude on your social media and your podcast. Mm-hmm. For somebody that is new to, you know, to gratitude and practicing gratitude, what would be your advice to just, you know, simply add gratitude to their day or to their life? Well, I think when you wake up, don't wake up complaining. Wake up and just say, oh, my God, this is another chance that I get to be on this amazing planet with these awesome human beings. And I get a chance to correct because God's grace and mercy is new every day. And he doesn't condemn us. And he wants us to stop condemning each other. 
And we get a chance to just walk in that agape love for each other as human beings. And we get a chance to just say, okay, I get another chance to be my best self today. How am I going to show up in the world today? You know? So simple. So simple (laughs) that so many people don't do. So you say when you feel good about yourself, it is easier to feel good about other people. That's so powerful. What are some of the things that you do to make yourself feel good? I remember the good things that I do have. And when I go to bed at night, I get a chance to say thank you because I made it through the day. And then I just relax. And Jennifer, what did you do good today? Who did you smile at today? And then who did I help today? Who did I serve today? And I had to learn to honor every human being because I know that God loves each and every single one of them. And he's given me one message. He didn't give me 10,000 messages, just one. And that is to tell the people that he loves them. And a lot of people think that God is mad at them, but he's not. He's not judging them. He's not condemning them. And he just wants us to love each other like he loves us. And that is unconditional. I was sitting here the other day and I was watching some videos on the TV and I just started crying. And I was looking at the people in the concerts and they were having concerts and social gatherings and they were singing and they was dancing and playing music. And the the entire auditorium was in unison and They was just given, it it wasn't all Christian music, but music is a form of worship. And I looked and the faces of the people were all different faces, different sizes, different colors, different ethnicities, different genders, different nationalities. And the unity and the love that was being expressed at that moment. And then I realized, you know, He's just like, just just tell them to forgive each other and to love each other. And that is what he wants us to do without the condemnation and the nicknames and like disrespecting each other and the judgment and the condemnation because this is one planet. We all have to live here. So we all have to learn how to play nice within the sandbox and None of us can live in space on on another planet. And to your point, I think COVID kind of unified us as human beings because COVID mm-hmm. doesn't know, you know, what religion you are, doesn't know what gender yeah. you are, doesn't know how old you are, doesn't know what in your bank account. You know what I mean? So it's almost yeah. like unified us as a human race because, you know, it was just you were indifferent to it. And it also taught us that we're all connected. Mm-hmm. We are all connected. As I honor you, I honor myself. If I disrespect you, I disrespect myself. You understand? Mm-hmm. And I sit down and I say to myself, ah, and as I serve you, I serve myself. As I help you, I help myself. And that is how my healing, that was how my journey, my journey came about, like to heal to heal not only me, but we have it in us as human beings to do good, to be good, to be the best of our self that God created us to be. And 
I'm so empathetic to other people because if you cry, I feel it. If you hurt, I feel it. I feel for other people. And if I feel it, I know that God feels it. Mm -hmm. So powerful. I love that. Let's talk about law law of focus for a moment. Um, Mm -hmm. So you have made an amazing post about this. So how would you break that down, you know, to the woman who's going to listen to this and she's, you know, building a business and could be working a job at the same time, raising a family, or even if she's not raising a family, you know, being present for herself, taking care of herself, and just kind of wanting to do it all. How would you break down law of focus for her? With, with the law of focus, I say as a mom, a mother's job is to be the best mom that she can possibly be. And that means that she has to be there for her children. Now, if she's a mom, she's a wife, and she's a business owner, she has to a lot, like, give herself time. First, when she wake up, take time for herself. She has to put herself first. Get centered. Get focused. Get realigned with, with your creator, with God, with, that in, with your inner self. Once you strengthen you and give to yourself now you can focus and be the good mother. And then when you're at work, learn to focus and focus on that. Don't split your attention. You understand? And learn to be present. And they wonder why children have ADD. Because there's so many things distracting them. And that comes to be, if you're going to be a good wife, be the best wife that you can possibly be. Don't compare yourself to another person. Don't take it. If you're married, don't take advice from single women (laughs) and and people that are not in relationship. You understand? Take advice from somebody that if you've been married 10 years, find somebody who's been married 15, 20 years and take advice from those people. You understand what I'm saying? And... Use a little common sense and then put your energy and your focus in that. If you want to be a good friend, if you want friends, you have to be a good friend first. And this is just the law of what they call uh, focus, but it's also a law of sowing, sowing and reaping. And that means that if you plant good seeds, listen, for those that are listening, I'm black, she's white, right? But we're friends. If I plant corn and she plants corn, what are we going to get? We're going to get corn. We're not going to get black corn or white corn. <laughs> we're going to get corn. <laughs> and it's like that. If you do good things, good things will come back to you. If you do like, like if, if an Asian person plants corn and an Indian person plants corn, they're all going to get the same crop. It's going to be corn. <laughs> like, right. Can you imagine how like the world, how different the world would be if we just did exactly what you said and just like focus on the moment and just focus on breath. You know what I mean? Like every minute of our day, like not only would the world be different, but like our health would be different. Our our mental health would be different. Our physical health would be different. I look now and there's there's an issue that nobody is addressing. There's an addiction rate in the country. Mm-hmm. And it's globally and it's a, it's a pandemic. And I'm saying to myself, what are we escaping from? Like, and I remember the stuff that I went through and 
I numbed that pain because I didn't want to deal with it. But we have, when it comes to self-love and self-acceptance, we have to be true to ourself first. And that means accept you as you are. You weren't responsible for the negative things or the bad things that happened to you. And some of us, we have to take responsibility for those things too, because the same amount of energy that we put into doing bad and having negative thoughts and doing bad things, we can take that energy and put it into doing good things and having good thoughts. And when we get to that point of loving yourself, I had to accept me, my faults, my flaws, and the good and the bad, and I had to get over the shame. And I teach people that shame is a stigma that most people don't discuss. It's a feeling and it's an emotion, like happiness, joy, uh, sadness, anger. Shame is a feeling too. And I teach people how to become shame resistant. But you have to make a decision and you can't be wishy-washy. You understand? Make that decision and keep moving forward. It's going to be challenging when you first start, but after a while, it's not even going to matter because that's not you. The you as a kid is not you as an adult. You You understand? You had said something that I think has to be one of the most powerful things I've ever read. Um, it's living guilty doesn't do anything productive. That's why the enemy works overtime in this area. He knows guilt will keep you from your destiny. Like I don't, I don't even know if you realize how powerful that is when you were writing. But it. it's the truth. Can you because... stand on that for us? Because it's just, I like I said, I think it's one of the most powerful things. If somebody really thinks about those words, when God taught me the no condemnation, when you don't condemn yourself, I can't condemn myself. Because God is within me. And that means I can't feel guilty about where I've been or what I've done or the things that happened to me. Guilt and shame, they're relatives. You understand? They're like twins. And if the enemy doesn't get you with, uh, with shame, the enemy will try to guilt you into feeling bad all the time. And then people will become depressed. And then they never get that chance to get out of that cycle of shame, guilt, condemnation. It's a cycle, shame, guilt, and condemnation. And my book, Journey to Healing, I discuss how to get to break that cycle And that cycle is forgive yourself, forgive whoever, even if they're dead, you know, just sit down in your journal, forgive them, forgive yourself, and then let it go, like release it, because you can't carry that stuff into the future. It's like you'll never graduate, (laughs) like... (laughs) It's true, though. It's true. Until you're releasing, you won't graduate to the next level of your life, next level of yourself. So it's exactly right. So I know that you love to mentor new coaches in the industry so or counselors, what have you. What would be some of your advice for women that are just, you know, coming into the industry that have had this calling to become a coach of any, of any kind of mentor? What would be even one piece of advice to them? As a new coach, my first advice to them would be get my book. No. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it called again? <laughs> 
business success for coaches and counselors. And believe it or not, in that book, it will save them at least nine months of guesswork. And in that book, it tells them how to start their business, how to structure their business, the things that they will need regarding uh, legal accounting, how to start your business within your home, how to write off certain parts of the business, how to start marketing and promoting yourself. And in the book, I give them links where they can help to design their website, how to start their own blog, how to start their own podcast, how to start their own business and to get a CPA, get an accountant, register the business with the government so that you are legal and that you have you don't want to get in any trouble with Uncle Sam. You understand? And then separate the personal expenses from the business expenses. And this will actually help them with a lot of the guesswork and find that someone that is a business coach or that has been coaching for like what? That is where they want to be. Find somebody that is where it is that you want to be. And have them teach you what it is that you don't know how when it comes to running a business, because you can do the coaching part, but you need somebody to help you with the business part. And if you're going to be uh, the sole proprietor, you need to know how to coach emotionally and mentally, but you also need to know how to run a business so that the business will prosper and thrive and I love that because there's a nice I love that because there's so many coaches that are amazing coaches but they just don't have not even sometimes the experience but the will to even build it as a business do you know what I mean like they just Mm -hmm. they love to focus on the coaching aspect of it so I love that I just want to make sure we have so it's journey to healing business Mm -hmm. success for coaches and counselors and there's another one right marketing basics led by the spirit and so we'll put these in the, in the show notes as well, but where can people find them? Uh, on Amazon. And they're also on my, they can get it from my website at www.jennifergray.org. Okay, amazing. Is there anything as we're coming to a close that is being downloaded to you or resonating with you to share with everybody before we close? I think that, As coaches, we, God is calling each and every life coach right now, globally around the world, to deal and to help humanity. God didn't just make us coaches for a reason. And that as coaches, we are dealing with an entire person. We're not just writing a prescription and say, here's the pill, and these are the side effects. God wants you to heal. But in order to do that, we have to get to the root of whatever the cause is, and we can't put a Band-Aid on it. And when you're dealing with coaches, you are building a know, like, and trust you factor. Mm -hmm. And it's a confidential one-on-one coaching session. And I think God is raising up these coaches right now to help the people. People are either in transition, they're either broken emotionally, physically, like if you need psychological help, get psychological help. 
But I think right now he wants each and every person to heal from the inside so that we can be a beautiful human race again. Because right now we're looking real, can I say that word? And it starts with forgiveness. I think that's so powerful because there's going to be so many women that are going to hear this and they may have, you know, feel that they've been called to coaching, but, you know, may be resisting it for because of judgment or just, you know, worthiness issues, what have you. So I think them hearing what you just said is just going to literally change their life. So what are what can we expect from you next? What are some of the things that you have on the go that you're going to hit us with in the next couple of months for the rest of the year into 2021? For 2021, I've started uh, speaking again. <laughs> I have started speaking again. So now I be I will be on a speaking tour going into 2021. And I'm networking uh, with a group of amazing women that when I say they boss up, these are the best women in the industry. And we are designing a teaching curriculum for anyone who would like to sign up. They're all uh, experts in their field, and we will have topics on hosting powerful workshop, media exposure, uh, publishing a book, having more self-confidence, starting a podcast, Facebook ads and paid traffic, creating a mobile website and a mobile app as well as, you know, keeping up your confidence, determining how to get booked and what are your speaker rates. And it's a classroom with instructors and this will help you. People think that they don't need to invest in themselves, but if you want to become the best in whatever it is that you do, you have to invest in you. And the website that I'm designing and the program that I'm designing is to help them in the areas that they need help in. And uh, I'm also launching a launch your first workshop formula with me, Jennifer Gray. And I do a step-by-step how to leverage your workshop and how to monetize the workshop and how you can do it on uh, while you travel You can do it uh, on vacation and you can turn your hobbies into a profitable business. And I teach the workshop so that if you need uh, how to structure an event for money, business, performance, health and wellness, if you have uh, jewelry design and how to link the workshop so that it flows smoothly and evenly. And then you can do it online. You can do it in person with small group and it can be an intimate thing. And if you can handle a large group, you can do a large group event. Girl, you were on fire. (laughs) You, you, You just don't stop. You're just like, create, 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 create. I love it. Well, this pandemic turned out to be like a blessing, like, because now I got a chance to like really be still instead of trying to build a business and work my nine to five. And now I just get a chance to just sit down and just be as creative and to think and like, how can I help them? How do I help them? And now everything is coming to me and the pieces of the puzzle 
is being put together. And I sit down and I say to myself, as I learn it, I'm going to teach it. You're such a beautiful servant leader. leader. You are. You, listen, listen, Laura, you were too, girl. Do you know how much stuff you've taught me? Oh my God. Stop. Yeah. I'm going to cry before we stop recording. <laughs> listen, I thank you so very much. When I say thank you, thank you, thank you, Laura. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for teaching me the things that I didn't know. You are such a beautiful person inside and out. And you have a love for humanity and a love for the planet that is like, it's genuine, it's sincere, and you care for people. Girl, you're going to make a Canadian cry up here. (laughs) You care for people in all of the chaos and everything that's going on. You still remain... Like, okay, humanity can make it. Look at the good. Look at the bright side. Even with the makeup and the products that you currently market, it's all natural and it's for the health and the betterment for the person inside and out. And you are amazing. And I honor you and I submit myself to you and I say thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're the sweetest. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you so much for being on here. Girl, I'm really glad that I got a chance to meet you because now I see you're really calm and you've been in the marketing industry. And from our previous conversation, you told me like, okay, if you can do that in corporate America, why can't I do that for my own self, for my own family and for my own products? And I sat down And I thought about that and I'm saying to myself, Jennifer, you can do that. You can take all that time, energy, knowledge and information that you've gained over the years and put it into your business. And that was what you taught me. Thank you. (laughs) I love that. Well, it's it's, it's true. You had touched upon this just real quick, how, you know, we're all being called. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not all of us, but. The ones that have, I guess, chosen to hear the calling have been called. So mm-hmm. thank you for stepping into that calling and serving everybody on such an incredible, generous servant level. Because you just, you know, it's true you say, like, you just, you get up and you're like, who am I going to serve today? And honestly, whether it's the States or whether it's Canada or Europe or anywhere in the world, if everybody could wake up with that same mindset, who can I serve for today, the world would be a totally different place. I don't even think there'd be COVID, to be honest with you. It would. And you you know what is also interesting? Women in business, when they're in business, sales is a business. And you have to give excellent customer service. You understand? As a cashier, as a waiter, as, as someone in the service industry, we as women that are coaches and we own our own company, we are here to serve our clients and our customers and to give them the best value and excellent customer service because we have to treat them like they matter. A lot of people think, oh my God, I'm going to be in business for the money. No, 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 no. The money will come, but if I had, you know how people are, if you had a bad experience with someone on the phone, (laughs) 
<laughs> for a customer service issue, you sit down and you say to them like, oh my God, that person was rude. Or you understand it's the same thing as women entrepreneurs and women in business. We have to serve each other and we have to serve our clients. That's what sales is. The only difference is that we're not the sleazy car salesperson, you know, the car salesman. Can I say that? Sorry, fellas. (laughs) You understand, but we're doing it in a more kinder, a kinder, more gentler way, but more straightforward. And this way, we help each other and build the network so that we can help each other succeed, prosper, serve each other better, and yes, take better care of ourselves and our families. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone. And we will thank you, you too. Later, guys.